What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back. Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button. We're talking about abs. <laughs> Anything but sports. sports. Yay. Hooray. Uh, We're back at it again. I am the second host, John. And I'm the third host. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We're interviewing ourselves today, not each other. We're going to ask our, ourselves questions and then answer them. Let me ask you a question, John. How long are we going to do this? Forever. Wow. That's a pretty long time. It is. You don't think if our lives change in any way, we'll alter or edit or discard this podcast? Well, let's think. What is the purpose of this podcast? Because if it fulfills its purpose, then we can discard it. Well, I guess for me, it's, it's mostly just a social tool. Because right now it's just like a set scheduled thing where you and I can see each other every week and then most of the time we get to meet someone new or learn new information about people we already know. Mm -hmm. So if that's the purpose, just like hanging out with people and just being an excuse to sit down and talk to someone, then I don't think it ever will end. I think you're right. I think that if it had a set purpose as like, like if we had a goal that was like, you know, we want to work on this, and we want to eventually interview this, like, big-name character. Then, once we did that, then it's like, okay, we've, we've achieved what we wanted to achieve. But we purposefully set out to not do that. That's true. So, I think, I think right now, this can go on indefinitely. All right, let's change gears here, because this is a conversation that we've had several times outside of the podcast but I think it's important that, uh, well, I guess it's not really important, but I think it would be great if we can bring it into this space so that the, the listeners can hear. So, um, the listener. other... Yeah, the listener. <laughs> so, the other day, I, I went and got you from, from work because your car was in the shop, and we had a pretty extended conversation about what types of stuff, what types of shorts, what types of whatever we like to work on. Like, yeah. I think we were on very polar opposite ends. It definitely did. In a lot of ways. But then right before this podcast, viewer, <laughs> we both found a, an example of something that we both really enjoyed working on that fits our disagreeing points. Yeah, for some reason. I'm still processing why or how. Yeah, so... yes. Go ahead and, and tell the tell the listeners what you enjoy working on, then we'll switch. Okay. Um, so I think in in college, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this. I would imagine so. You know, you work on a lot of projects that are very heavy-handed, and are they try to tackle big themes, but they execute it very poorly, and it comes off as super cringy. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, they you, they film stuff that has literally no purpose and contributes nothing to the world or society or culture, and that feels like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And then there's horror. <laughs> yeah, people which, do love horror. Which is a waste of time, but on purpose. Yeah. Like, no one's trying to make it <laughs> right. worth your time. Right. Um, so, I, I think... I'm at the point now where I'm getting a little more choosy with what I want to work on or what I say yes to because I want to feel like I'm putting content out into the world 
that has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that is positive, like it doesn't have to be a positive message, but it's something that's real. And what, what I want to work on is I want to help convey concepts in new and interesting ways that help people understand the concept or life or the world better. Mm-hmm. And, and so kind of like silly, goofy, stupid stuff, I'm kind of over it because I feel like that does not help or contribute in any way. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of content would you like to work on? So <clears throat> the reason why we disagreed so much in, in the car ride was because I am almost the exact opposite, where I also worked on a lot of very heavy-handed, quote-unquote heavy-handed stuff in college. And uh, I felt like the content that was being made was almost pointless. And my reasoning for this is because... In general, no matter what type of short you make, the extent of its reach is not going to go very far beyond your like immediate family or like your friends or maybe even their friends, right? Typically, it's not going to like go out into the world and make a huge impact. And even if it gets into a film festival, it's just going to stay there. Exactly. I mean, maybe a producer will see it and say, wow, we, that was good. But then what's going to come of that, you know? So my reasoning, because of all that I just said, is that I would prefer to work on silly, goofy stuff where I have fun on set and like it's a comedy and there are no like very large, deep themes explored. So that for me is what I want to work on. However, there is a little subsection where, you know this, I love working on documentaries. The, document, the documentary we made when you know, I was a freshman. That was, I told you, that was probably the most fun thing that I've ever worked on. And I think that it explored a semi-deep theme. Because it, it I mean, the theme, the or the what, what it explored impacted a lot of people. So, and I really enjoyed doing that. So, in my mind, there is a, a definite divide between what is real and what is fake. And if I'm doing something that is fake, I want it to be fun. If I'm doing something that is real, that I want it to be deep. So any documentary that I would work on, it would be a deep topic. So when, when, when I hear you say, you know, I'm gonna work on something that has meaning and that explores deep themes and yada, yada, yada. Like when I hear, I know you're talking about shorts and like potentially um, some type of narrative, but I hear that's what I want in a documentary and not in a short. So, so anyway, so that being said, what was the, the thing that we found in common, even though we have differing opinions on this? Well, uh, four or five months ago, uh, back in Kentucky, you came over to my house and we watched our entire catalog of YouTube videos no. and they're all really bad and some of them were hard to get through. <laughs> but at the end we're like, no. well, we, we got to make something. You know, we got to add something to this collection. Mm-hmm. So we wrote the script based on a side character in one of our YouTube cinematic universes that we yep. created. <laughs> and we actually shot it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it was about this family of characters that all have blank-faced, expressionless styrofoam heads. 
and they and none of them ever speak. No. And so we decided to make like a sitcom Disney Channel level like pilot episode for for this concept. And it was completely meaningless. It it was we we thought it was really funny, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but it explored nothing. It barely accomplished a plot and it was just so stupid. But it was really really fun yeah we had a lot of laughs on set and i enjoyed it i think that's that's the biggest uh question that we need to figure out here Mm -hmm. is why i enjoyed working on this which i still don't know well i i think personally that i enjoyed it so much like i told you before i enjoyed it so much because this was like our passion project Mm -hmm. and this is something that we had just kind of taken from our youtube library yeah and said we want to make so uh, do you think that has anything to do with it that like you were personally invested in it it probably does but when i in my head if i imagine like the the same story but with different characters or something mm-hmm. i and i imagine like being on set and trying to film that i would i think i would still enjoy that so i think it was for me it was something about the nostalgia factor of the genre that we were parodying is why I liked it so much, I think. Mm-hmm. Just because kind of like that sitcom style is so familiar and nostalgic to me that it was mm-hmm. really fun to kind of like reference that and make something within that vein. So I think that could have been what it was. Um, also, like... I think we've talked about this. You like challenges mm-hmm. as a producer. I like challenges as a DP. And uh, I think there were a couple of challenges on that, like figuring out how to uh, flip the son character yeah. over the dad character's shoulder and smash a small wooden table. Yeah. That was really fun. I mm-hmm. liked figuring that out. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the lesson here is it's a balance, you know, and you have to... Like, if you just worked on serious, sad things all the time, then you're going to forget to have fun. And mm-hmm. if you work on fun, stupid things all the time, then you're going to forget... I don't know. <laughs> Life. <laughs> yeah, you're going to you know, forget everything that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. All right, so now that we've talked about our deepest desires, let's... um. Let's circle back to a more surface level conversation, which is what we love to have here. Tell me about, well, to begin this, uh, we haven't had one of these conversations where it's just me and you. I think this is like five weeks to a little over a month since we've just been us. Um, What's been going on in your life that you can tell the audience? Yeah, well, I guess just to keep it relevant to the 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 theme of the podcast um i did get to go back to kentucky and work on a short film for kenrick one of our earlier guests mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. uh during during that podcast is actually when i found out he was working on this project and then after we cut i was like dude do you need anything do you need any help and he said yes mm-hmm. please and so i went down there a few weekends ago to help and that was the first project that i have worked on since moving here yeah and it was so much fun 
It was overnight. It was like 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't been that full of life and energy in a long time. No. And there were a couple aspects of it that might have made it not that enjoyable of a shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, being 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah. But I did not care even a little bit. I met so many new people and had so many fun conversations, like while we're working too. You know, that was that was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very uh, reorienting for me. I've also started uh, ending conversations in my regular life by choosing a word that I think describes that conversation. <laughs> no way. Yes, I did it with one of my friends. That's awesome. In Kentucky, just last weekend. Uh, but yeah, so working on that short film was very reorienting. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm about to DP my own mm-hmm. uh, for another one of my friends in Kentucky. I was just second AC on this last one, mm-hmm. which that also does help too, by the way. Uh, when you have very little responsibility on a set, you can have a lot more fun. <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> and the more, the higher up you get, the less fun that you have. <laughs> Unless you're a PA. Yeah. Because then it's like a bell curve. It's yeah. like no fun, no fun. And then right here in the middle is second AC. (laughs) Most fun. I do do think that might be true, though. It is the least amount of pressure paired with the most amount of skill, if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Like, you do get to exercise what you've learned, but the consequences are very low if you mess up. It's very fun. Um, So now I'm about to DP this other short. And I'm, I feel like I'm riding the wave of that energy mm-hmm. of uh, working on that last project. And so now I'm just super excited. And I cannot wait. How does it make you feel that these two shorts are in Kentucky and you moved to Georgia to work on shorts? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a little frustrating. And during this, the last short film, uh, there were people that were putting pressure on me. They were like, why did you move? You should just come back. Oh, just come on back. Just come on back, man. Mm-hmm. We're all here, you know? Let's let's work on stuff together. And at 3 a.m., uh, that was a very tempting, yeah. uh, very tempting offer. Um, but I also, during my many hours of driving back home, I kind of realized, like, well, it's been four months. Yeah. You know, and I honestly, I haven't made as many connections as I would have liked, mm-hmm. but it makes sense that people will be pulling me back to Kentucky. I mean, I lived there for, you know, what, eight years yeah. and several of those were like very plugged into the small community there. So I knew a lot of people and I don't know, it makes sense. So I think I'm okay with working on Kentucky projects still for right now. If you ask me this question in eight months or a year and I'm still having to drive back to Kentucky, that's on me. Cause that means that I have mm. not made any connections here and I probably should just move back to Kentucky. <laughs> right. Um, but I think right now I'm, I'm still okay with it. And the big thing is the people that I'm working with are the people that I want to be working with. Mm-hmm. So I will, I will make that time sacrifice to be with them. And time isn't very important to me. Mm-hmm. my own personal time like i don't value it enough really? probably okay yeah i give it away very freely and it's part sometimes it's an issue <laughs> um, right but like yeah making that drive for a short film or you know a project that i am very invested in is not a big deal 
So, John, about a week ago, you called me asking for advice on a situation where you were stuck between opportunities mm-hmm. in work. So tell me a little bit about how that came up and then what you did and then how it kind of panned out in the end. Yeah. So first off, I'd like to say that it is amazing to have too many opportunities as opposed to not enough. So for those listening, do not take this as me um, you know, ranting about having being double booked <laughs> because that is not what this is about at all. Um, uh, so the situation goes like this. At Overtime Entertainment, the, the place that has been hiring me for the past few months, and they have basically been supplying my rent <laughs> for January and February. Um, great people, amazing people. I love working with them. I talked a little bit about it in the last podcast. If you missed that, go check it out. But um, they deal in? They deal in sports. Sports. <laughs> we'll bleep that out. Yeah, which uh, is not exactly where I want to end up. Not that I don't love sports. It's just that I don't like sports. <laughs> um, anyway, they had booked me months in advance. So like in January, I knew what days I would be working this month. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. That is, you know, that is not something that comes along very often. Yeah. Uh, typically, it is like a few days notice, if that. So... I had known that I would be working on the 4th of this month, the 7th, and the 11th. And that's like when they're done. So that's the end of the season. And uh, a person from Vox Media uh, emailed me, just cold emailed me, and said, Hey, we found your resume on Staff Me Up. We would love to potentially hire you for this role. And they gave me the information about it, and they gave me the dates. And the dates were like, it was like almost a two-week stint of, of work. And that would be a lot more money than three days of work. So now, I'm, now I have this problem where it's, okay, I've already told OTE, yes, I am going to work these days. But now I have this better opportunity where I will be working way more days and I'll also be establishing a relationship with Vox Media, which is would be a very great opportunity right what was the other piece of this because they also did not confirm right that you had the job right so after thinking about it for a few hours i emailed them back and i said hey um i'm available i would love to take this gig uh and then they they emailed me back pretty um I don't know, very quickly afterwards. And they said, all right, great. Um, Let me have you on hold for these days and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. That was essentially the email. Now, for those that may not work in the media industry, there's a huge difference between being on hold and being locked for the job. So if you're on hold, that probably means that they're also talking to other people that uh, maybe you have an issue where for this, I mean, a perfect example, they were filming on location about an hour and a half away and they offered or they, they said, we can provide you housing if you are you know, too far out. Um, but the wording in the email made it seem like they would prefer someone who was local. So what I, why I think they put me on hold is because they were probably talking to a local and saying like, 
and then kind of like weighing in, all right, does this guy have this experience? Do we prefer him to have more experience? Or do we prefer this person who is local and may have less experience? So anyway, so now I'm on hold for all these dates that, uh, you know, go, go through my three days at OTE. And now I have this, um, this problem of telling my boss at OTE, hey, I know this is only a few days out from when I'm supposed to work, but I'm on hold for this company. And I also don't know if I'm going to work for them. <laughs> so I have basically nothing to offer you um, information-wise. So anyway, what ended up happening is I called Angela at OT. Shout out to Angela. Um, and she basically told me that it was fine because this is just how the industry is. Um, and then what ended up happening is Vox got back to me. They probably went with the local because they said, hey, we're going to take you out of hold for this. Sorry. That's <laughs> basically what they said. Yeah. So um, in the end, nothing really happened. It was just a, a few-day stretch of a lot of stress in my life, um, work-related like work stress. And, and now I'm still working for OTE. Well, okay. So I think that is a great story, and I think it's probably a very relatable story. So what were some of your concerns before talking to Angela? And let's so like if someone else were in a similar place, mm -hmm. what would their concerns be? And then how would you comfort them or reassure them? So there are two types of people that I've seen work in the media industry. People that are super flaky and people that are not flaky. I, I think that I am a non-flaky person. I, if I tell someone I'm going to do something, I try my hardest to do that thing, which is why I got so upset when I knew I already said yes to these three days and then I said yes to something else because that just like goes against the person that I am. Yeah. So that was a big concern. That was a, like a major concern for me was having to explain to Angela, Hey, um, I want to still keep intact our relationship and I want you to think of me as a hard worker and someone that you can rely on, but I'm going to flake on these three days. <laughs> so sorry. So I just didn't want that to become what they thought of me as a flaky worker. I do not want to be thought of as a flaky worker. So luckily OT was nice and you know, it was fine, but there are other gigs if someone, let's say I wasn't working for OT, and let's say I was holding those dates, and someone came along and said, hey, uh, can you work two or three days within those dates? And I said, sorry, no. I am incredibly replaceable. The, the job of a PA, there are thousands of people in Atlanta that are just like clawing <laughs> for a PA position. And you see it in those Facebook groups, like literally every day. There is a guy or a girl that will say, "Hey, new to the biz, looking to looking to you know, put my foot in. Um, I'd love to be hired on as a PA." My first thought is, "No, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, get out now. Do not do not get like trapped in this industry." Uh, and then my second thought is like, "This is something I see again. Like I said, I see literally every day is that there's a new person looking for a job. So, it's it's very easy for them to replace me." 
which is, you know, to go even further into this line of thought, which is why I, I put, or I'm actively working to put zero of my value, like zero, 100% outside of work. Because if I put any of my self value in my work as a PA, and I know that I walk on set and I can like in an instant be replaced and no one will even bat an eye. It's like, well, I'm not valued. At OTE, they do value me. Disclaimer, <laughs> I feel very valued at OTE, but on, on TV and film sets, it's completely different because they don't know me. They have no idea who I am. More than likely, these people are coming from Los Angeles or New York to come in and film. When are they ever going to see me again? Unless they come back again and need a local. Never. They're never going to see me again. So, it's just very frustrating. It is very, 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 very frustrating. And I, I really have been thinking, why do I, why am I in this industry? Because I've, I've basically listed a mental pros and cons list of things I enjoy about working in media and things I dislike about working in media. And if you couldn't tell, if you're an avid listener, there are thousands of things that I can list about like why I don't like working in media. And there are only a few things that I can list about why I enjoy working in media. And one of them is it gives me interesting stories. And that is something that I highly value is being an interesting person. Because, you know, it's, it's that very childish, selfish like point of view of when I go back to my high school reunion, I want to have stories to tell these people where they're going to be like, whoa, John is so cool. Like, look at all the stuff he's done. You know what I mean? And if I get like a regular sales job, what am I going to tell? Oh, you know, I, I sell this product, you know, and it's like, why would I want to do that? So anyway, that's my, that's my spiel for today. And that is, that is one of the big things that's happened to me in the past month. Um, can you tell me, or can you tell our audience what question was asked in your interview for a PA gig that you were yes. interviewing for? Yes. So to set the scene, I applied for a one-day gig. It was, it's a, an interactive uh, setup of a human claw machine. So I will be setting up, I will be getting up and going to this event at 6 a.m. in all black. I will be setting up this claw machine and then working it, being the attendant, and then taking it down. So this is gonna be a 14, 15 hour day already. It's already scheduled a 14 or 15 hour day. It's not like you get on set, it's like, oh yeah, we're working 12 and then it runs late. It's like, this is already scheduled. I'm gonna be up at 5 a.m. and then be done with work at eight. So anyway, I'm doing this because there are other locals working it and I want to make connections and I'm excited to make those connections. So I am glad that I am working it. Let me just say that. I am glad that I'm working it. But uh, one of the, <laughs> one of, they interviewed me. And I like whenever companies interview you for a media position, you know that they're like a lower tier of like, we don't actually know what we're doing. Yeah. Because no, you don't interview people, right? A PA is a body on a set. If you can see that they have a history of being a PA, 
and that they have, you know, if you're on Staff Me Up, maybe they have some recommendations at the bottom of their page. And it's like, oh, well, this guy is recommended. You don't interview people. You just don't. Um, which is one of the things I like about working in media. <laughs> but to get to the point of the story, the basically, the well, I guess it was one of like three interview questions, was why do you enjoy being a PA? <laughs> which is equal to, what was it that you told me? Um, I... S- I said it's equivalent to asking, what is your favorite part about being a slave? (laughs) So, so I answered, like, obviously I was very taken aback by that question because it's like, who in their right mind? Obviously it is, it is so, so apparent that the person asking me has never been a PA ever, ever. Um, so I was like, like when she asked me that. I was like, like I did take a second, and I was like, it's awful. Like I told her, I, I didn't say awful, but I did say a synonym to that. I was like, it's like literally can be the worst. And I told her, I was like, but you get to do cool stuff, and you get to meet cool people. So, and that was my answer, was basically you get to do cool stuff, which is exactly what I just said. You it's get like, interesting stories. Yeah, you get interesting stories. Yeah. So, but anyway, I just thought... Yeah, I thought that was like one of the most ridiculous questions you could ever ask someone. Because it's basically, I mean, it's demeaning. Like, even though she didn't mean it to be like, you know, like, no, she wasn't trying to put me down. That question just in and of itself is demoralizing. Like, it's like, oh, what's your favorite part about being the lowest person on set and never getting any respect? And having to do all these different tasks and expecting to do them in like 10 seconds. <laughs> it's like, well, I really enjoy that part where, <laughs> where I get no respect. So what, let me ask you this. What's your favorite part about being a PA? About being a PA? Yeah. Um, well, when compared to like smaller sets that I have a higher role, mm-hmm. sometimes I like having almost no responsibility mm-hmm. because in in my experience it's it can definitely still be stressful but like there there is something very freeing about seeing a large decision being made on set and walking away and having a snack <laughs> right right that's uh that is probably the only thing that i appreciate about being a pa so yeah, so that's, um, I can't wait to update everyone about that whenever I do work it, because yeah. that will for sure be an interesting story. I can't wait to hear about it. And also, just for the record, uh, the human claw machine is where they strap a person to a rope and then like lower them down and they pick up a, a, a toy or something and I then drop so. it. No. Um, my first thought was I assumed a claw machine would pick up a human out of a giant pile of humans <laughs> yeah. and drop them. Right. Which sounds like it could be fun, but also very dangerous. So the actual version is a lot safer and makes a lot more sense. But yeah. I just want to clarify that. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're out mm. of time. This is a great question session. Question session. This is a great question session. Um, what do you want the, uh, the word? What, what's your word for this conversation? Mm. Well, I feel like I might want to just like have like a sentence of, wrap up okay i don't know what to say 
Because, I mean, that's kind of all we need to say, you know, because there is no wrap-up. I mean, we're at a stage in our lives right now where that this is it. There's yeah. It hasn't been wrapped up yet. It's definitely there's, still open-ended. There's no conclusion to this. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I really want to finish this episode with a nice little... Closure. Closure. I just, I, I don't think it's there yet. I agree. So I guess... I guess my word would be anticipation. Yeah. And waiting for some sort of beat to drop, some sort of closure, some sort of climax to our story, I guess. I don't know. I'm just waiting for something to happen. (laughs) I'm going to say our word is quickie. (laughs) Anticipation (laughs) slash quickie. Um, well, with that being said, thanks yeah. for talking. Hopefully you, you, the listener or viewer, enjoyed uh, hearing what our life has been like for the past, past uh, few weeks. I guess we'll continue to do these every few weeks. Just to... Oh, just the two of us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good idea. I really enjoy it. Me too. I think it's great. Because we never talk. I we know. only ask questions. Yeah. It's our turn. My turn. I want to turn. <laughs> Viewers, if you have any stories that are similar or have concluded, mm-hmm. share them with us. Maybe we'll have you as a podcast guest and you can tell us all about it for a full hour. Yeah. And then we'll cut out half of it. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would love to hear some other people's stories about this topic. Me too. Well, with that being said, thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Goodbye.